The following marketing information and discussion is provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as professional guidance or consultancy. You should find an agency for that. Comexis is a digital marketing agency, so feel free to hire us. But otherwise, just enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Buyer's Journey by Comexis, a discussion-based podcast on the ever-changing marketing landscape. I'm Matthew McGordy, the social media content producer here at Comexis. I am Len Ward, the managing partner at Comexis. And I'm Josh Lyons, the digital marketing coordinator here at Comexis. So today is Friday, and on Fridays we talk about the advocacy stage of the buyer's journey. And we are going to be kind of talking about the advocacy stage, because the advocacy stage is when prior customers and clients of yours are advocating for your brand in some way on social media, uh, writing reviews, um, Etc. Um, today we're talking about some research from eMarketer that sort of shows that consumers may not always want more personalized marketing experiences. And I'm put th- putting this a little bit in advocacy because at the end of the day, if you're alienating a customer, they're going to be less willing to advocate for your brand. But it kind of fits in awareness. It fits in consideration. It fits in purchase. fits in retention, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this uh, piece is by Amy He on eMarketer. Um, so she basically starts it off saying that a lot of marketers believe that customers prefer personalized marketing experiences. And research does back that claim. But there is some skepticism over the use of personal data. Um, and there's kind of this growing sentiment that more personalization does not necessarily mean a better experience from the user's perspective. And to put some context, I mean, everybody knows what's been going on the last couple years. We've had things like Cambridge Analytica with different privacy concerns. We've had different data breaches, things like that. So people are becoming more conscious of how their data is being used in marketing in general, um, and in particular, the ways that marketers can target them in specific ways, right? Um, So... She mentions that the recently released report on personalization and data-driven experiences, Nicole Perrin, principal analyst at eMarketer, found that marketers generally insist customers want personalized marketing experiences. And the marketers she spoke to um, also conveyed that committing to personalization is a bare minimum needed for successful targeting campaigns. Quote, marketers, especially digital marketers, love data and the promise of optimization that it holds. And many report a lift in engagement, conversions, or other behaviors that they're trying to drive based on tailoring relevant messages. But while a one-point lift for a marketer may result may be a result worth celebrating, it doesn't necessarily mean consumers are perceiving those messages in pers- as personalized and highly revel- relevant. So do we want to stop there and talk about that paragraph for a no, moment, perhaps? No, so the whole argument here is marketers are saying this, but the reality, the research customers are saying this. Yeah, basically. So go to the next, okay. and then we'll just kind of jump into it. Yeah. So in March 2019, Periscope by McKinsey asked U.S. internet users what type of personalized content was most appealing. No answer garnered an outright majority of responses. Half of respondents said that the products related to their interests were appealing, and only four responses appealed to at least one-third of those polls. Respondents were also asked what businesses they wished to receive personalized messages from, and in the U.S., 52% said they, they would prefer them from restaurants and bars, but no other category appealed to the majority of respondents. Quote, excuse me, quote, consumers have been less than impressed by ad and other ad message relevance, despite marketers' data-driven efforts, Perrin said. And they've become more aware of the personal data collection that underpins marketing personalization and targeted advertising. They've also started indicating that they're not sure if worth, it's worth handing over their personal information in exchange for relevance. 
In a study conducted by risk management firm RSA Security, 29% of internet users surveyed from France, Germany, the UK, and the US said that providing more data to companies leads to better products and services, which is down 2% points from responses last year. And I'm not going to get into that ethical paragraph because I'm just going to cut it there. Um, but they do have a... a, a, a an see, that's a good line. You, I mean, you want me yeah, to keep okay. going. That's so good. when asked about whether various forms of personalization were ethical, 45% of respondents in the same study said that using personalization to monitor fraud was ethical. Only 17% said that tracking online activity to tailor advertisements was ethical. And then we also have um, some charts that I found about U.S. Internet users' attitudes towards ads today as of November 2017. Uh, basically, they agreed more ads are appearing. They're seeing more ads. Ads are more, in their opinion, more intrusive. Ads are fitting together. About 47% ads now fit together better across different ad platforms. Ads are telling better stories was only 41% and 33% ads are now more confusing. Um, so the premise here is marketers believe that any amount of personalization that you can get that increases a metric is good, whereas we're seeing consumers are not completely convinced um, that any specific metric is, uh, any specific amount of personalization is actually something that they like. And I want to point out that the stats they give say that there was no majority opinion that personalization was better with the exception of restaurants and bars. Um, but that does not mean there weren't niche audiences within those stats. I don't have the full numbers. I would have to go back to the eMarketer report, uh, a different eMarketer report than this one rather. Um, so that's kind of just what I wanted to talk about today, which is, you know, Personalization is something that we talk about a lot because it is important, and that's why most marketers talk about it. But I think they brought up a really good point of a couple things. Are the ads bothering users? Is the ad creative actually relevant to users, or do we think it's relevant compared to what the consumer actually needs, something we talked about last episode? And then finally, um, what industries are and how are they using personalization, which is something we can't necessarily talk about. So any of those topics, I would love to get some of your guys' thoughts on. So the holy grail of advertising right now is data. And I do think we should do a podcast on the Cambridge Analytica mm -hmm. documentary. Maybe when I'm, you're on vacation, I'm on vacation, when we get back, why don't we towards the end of August? I think that would be a really really good documentary to go sure. through. I want to watch it again, too. Uh, I'm, so, I'm going to. Yeah, I, I, matter of fact, to I told my wife, like, I'm going to watch it again. We, should, we should just watch it just like the night before we podcast. Well, yeah, or actually, I actually think I was even going to put it up on movie. here. It's the mo yeah. movie day. And just say, we're going to watch this because I think I really think that everyone should watch it. Mm -hmm. It's important. It, it's very important for what we do. And it's become the holy grail. And it's got to the point anymore. And that's a little different because that was intended malicious misuse of data that was not consensually given by the users. Yeah. So it's way different <laughs> from what marketers are typically using yeah. because we're not stealing data maliciously using a backdoor through an app. It's anonymous data that... So for reference, when you advertise on Facebook, Facebook is not handing us your email address or your name. It is anonymized. All of the information they have is anonymized we are then going, okay, I want to target people like this that live here. Maybe they make this much money, or maybe they're just interested in X, Y, Z. People, I think, think marketers have literally encyclopedias of names and, and, and emails and stuff, but that's really not how it is. 
Facebook would never give us all of that information yeah. because then they can't make any more money. No. Um, you know, and, and on a thought of all that, when we do do that and show it in there, why don't we record everyone's thoughts afterwards? Sure. We'll have everybody sit around a table. We'll kind of maybe come up with some like questions, like what we think. We'll have you guys kind of run it mm -hmm. and have our team all interact because I think that's something that, that I would actually put some ad dollars behind and show it out there because that's a really, really valuable thing because you really have to understand what they were trying to do there. And you'll see it. They were trying to build an impression campaign. That's a very, that's just a wicked campaign. That was, that's just straight out propaganda is what they were creating. And the fear of it is that will anything ever be free again? Like, you know, will we ever think for ourselves again? It truly is big brothers. That's why I think showing that. But back to this topic here is the holy grail is data. And it's got to, it's, it's reached a, a point where every marketer wants more and more data so you can basically eliminate money on spending on stuff to try to build your own data and your own profiles and how much data can we get? Because now we know it's going to cost X, Y, Z dollars. We can go target this person. And by doing that, you are beginning to rub people the wrong way. And I like what you said here on this one statistic that came up that they said only 17% of people thought tracking online tailor advertisements was ethical. You know, I, I think it, it, you know, it has reached a point where that's when I said in the last podcast about some, there's a pushback on automation. There's pushback on everything being personalized and there's no human inter, you know, human interaction with some of this stuff. So it's, I think marketers are going down a road right now where you're going to turn off some people by constantly trying to harvest this data. You know, my thought process is, do we need all of that data or do we try to build that data internally? Do you start out and open up on a Facebook campaign and just open it up to an audience of, 18 to 35 year old men. I don't care what color you are, we're just gonna go men. We have a product, you know, and we're gonna to try to eventually build our own stuff and see what we can do there. Like, I don't know, but it's reached a point now where there are companies all predicated on trying to extract this data and that's what you're going to market on. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely a very, very weird, weird time with marketing um, and, you know, I mean, we're even moving more towards a data type agency now, but in a different fashion. What do you guys think? I mean, I, you know, I mean, you guys are, you know. So my thing is, so when I when I see things like, is it ethical for for us to be tracked between websites? Well, the issue is not whether or not I think it's ethical. It's it's been happening regardless for the last at least ten or twenty years. There have been cookies on sites that have been tracking you regardless of whether or not you're aware of them, right? And then you have, for example, like Facebook is under fire in the EU outside of its FTC fine um, because on websites you could like pages. Well, that has its own privacy concern because technically Facebook is then tracking you across those pages using its, its API, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, I mean, in my personal opinion, I don't love giving my data basically to anyone that I don't have to give it to. Um, and I, when we're talking about is it ethical for websites to track us, probably not, but they do it anyway because that's the price of you signing up to Facebook and signing it's, up on Twitter. Well, the, so. the minute the whole thing broke out with the Cambridge Analytica. I mean, that was like ridiculous. But it was, but, but, and, and, and it was wrong. But, you know, sh the girl on the show, who the show is pretty much focused on, Brittany Kessler? Kessler? Yeah, I think it's Brittany Kessler. Kessler, I think. Ke Either way, I'll look it up. Find it. But she made a really good point. It was the same point that I made when it all broke out. I think the same point that everybody made. 
the internet, you, you act like this all just happened for free. Like that we weren't, you know, that, you know, we were going to connect to a, a big network and things and people weren't going to be able to see what you were doing. And that this stuff wasn't going to be eventually harvested and then meant for advertising. You know, and I think it was just another way of years ago, they would kind of go and they would track whenever they were about to um, decide to put a billboard. They would literally have somebody standing right there. Well, if you guys maybe don't have never seen this, you're going to see somebody and they're doing this in the middle of the side of a road. And they're looking. You're going to drive by. Six weeks later, you're going to see a billboard was just put up because they're counting how many cars are going through. So this was another way for advertisers now that no granted so this is vastly different because now you know who was in the car where they bought the car and you know driving by you so i think this is the cost of of, of doing business online and if you want things for free online information for free you're going to have to give up some of your personal stuff but we're reaching a point now where it, i even as an as an owner of an ad agency when is too much enough enough like now it's becoming overly invasive and and the last thing I'll say, and hold your thoughts, I don't want you to lose it, is this is a great thing of marketers assuming what people want and people saying, no, that's not what I'm looking for. So sometimes I think you have to try to find that middle ground with this and, and maybe sometimes too much data, it's paralyzation by overanalyzation. Sometimes just roll your product out there and see what happens. There's, there's three distinct thoughts I want, of, of things that you mentioned. The first is, um, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you're correct. Nothing is actually free on the internet. I think the a lot of the issue comes from, and I, I think Cambridge Analytica in, in one way did kind of expose people's minds to being more privacy oriented, is people were just not informed. Like they did not understand how these systems work. Now, I don't think people completely understand how they work either, but at least they're more aware of, hey, these are specific things that you know are occurring that's a little bit different than just being completely um, completely uneducated. And I, I, there's a whole bunch of things that you could say about that, so I'm not, I'm not really gonna get into it. But I think obviously being, remembering and, and being knowledgeable about your own privacy and how it relates to anything you do on the internet and, and things like that is important. Uh, the second thing I wanted to mention was, um, oh, I lost it, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, you were talking about how much personalization is too much personalization, basically, right? Um, and I think that's a really interesting topic. And we've talked about it in the past a couple times without necessarily talking about it directly, which is like, okay, we're sending out a personalized email to you. You have given us your email and your name and your phone number um, because you want our service and you want us to contact you. Let's just, let's say we're a lawyer, right? It would be really weird for you to get an email that looks like an email blast that says, hello, your name. I'm contacting you about in and then in-depth data about whatever case you're contacting them about. If you're not getting that from like directly some like Len, let's say you're a lawyer. If a lawyer that I'm trying to contact reached out to me that way, it'd be less weird. It's very weird if I get what looks like an email blast with all of that information put in by some form of bot or whatever sent to me, I might feel uncomfortable. However, I'm not gonna feel uncomfortable if I put my email in and get a generic email blast of, hey, check out our new blog post about XYZ law thing. So I think it goes into the sense of how, how personalized are you getting? Are you saying, hey, your name? Or are you just going, you like this? You might like this too. 
that's kind of like, I think, where you have to straddle the line of how personalized are you actually getting? So I think the fear is, is, is you know, the, the fear is that those days are coming. Yeah. That, you know, we, we just saw the one thing where you could, you know, they, what, what, what's the Google product where they know we're driving by a certain area and now they can start geofencing. They knew you were there and now we can geofence oh, you at your home. Yeah. Geofence you at your home because we know that you were driving by there. So I think the question is, is, is it going to reach a point where just by us waking up and turning our phone on, now they know what we're doing? Well, yeah, they already know that. Uh, and I think, I, I think that, that the, there was depths that the Cambridge Analytica didn't even get involved in. I think there's companies that go way deeper than what Cambridge Analytics did. Um, but yeah, and it's data, like she said, and I agree, it has become more valuable than oil. And it, and it is a, like a thing, like, like Google shuts off all the data. Google, think about what Google does and think about why Google is the most, is the most powerful company in the world. Think about what they do. Every, they get however many billions of searches a year. They are now seeing what individuals in certain parts of the country are looking for, where they're going, they're on a website. They have data. Why do you think Google keeps rolling out new product after new product? Why do you think they did voice search or a voice thing? Or why do you think they got into the Pixel, the phone? Because they said, hey, that's interesting. There's a million people every five minutes looking for a brand new iPhone. What if we invented a phone? So they have their own built-in goose that lays a golden egg and say, we're going to do this. We're going to buy that. We're going to know a company to buy. And that's why like it's walled data. And that's where Google's reached a point where they don't like to give you much information at all. They've kind of cut it off because they know the value. So the value of Google's, yeah, they got all these products and blah, 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 and advertising. No, the value of Google is the data they now have on the American or global population. You know, so I know I'm kind of getting a little into no, the weeds, I, no, but I, 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 I that's, that's the true. kind of stuff that's like, that should be concerning to you. It's the, it's the same thing with Facebook. Though. That's why, that's why I, I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, we are not we do not have the information you think we have. Facebook has that information, yeah. and they give us a very generic look at it because they don't want us to have that information for many reasons. It's unethical for them to just give it to us, but also it's making them crap tons of money. Um, before, yeah, be, be, because they're profiting off of your confusion and your trial and error of running these types of campaigns. If they gave you the exact demographic to go you target. You could just run it once. It wouldn't matter. Done. Yeah. So their thing is, well, we're going to just show you a little bit and you're going to let you do the shell game and we're going to figure it out. They make money off, pro off confusion. That's how they make their money. Yeah like every company. So, but anyway, interesting. It's, it's, it's with the Cambridge analytics and, and all of this happening right now, but I fear that we're not turning around. Like personalization is just going to be, they, you know, once you turn your phone on, wake up, they know everything about you. Josh Bobashi, before we move on to the, the next, my third thought, which is more of a, a more open group discussion, anything you want to add before I move it? Cause I don't want to. No, no, it's okay. The, I mean, the perfect example of what Len was saying with like when you turn your phone on in the morning, well, you also get the case with with voice and like search, like voice search, where you're, we're talking right now. We have our phones with us. We could be, we're talking about, let's say lawyers. And then what's gonna happen to us when we go sit at our computer or, or we're scrolling on our Facebook feed later, we're, we might get popped up for a lawyer ad. Yeah. They're, they're listening to you. You're, I mean, we're, we're talking about Facebook having your data, but we're, we're running into this point where we're now seeing that, that like they're always listening to us. I mean, I, it's I don't creepy. know if we have definitive proof that our phones are doing it, though it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But we do have definitive proof of things like Alexa right. and Google Home and stuff 
all they do is record your conversations mm -hmm. and then they send them to so so for those of you who don't know there when you have an Alexa in your home they are actively recording they may not be recording 24 7 but they are recording because what they do is they anonymously send that data to people who then listen to it and try and find ways to optimize your voice commands so the product works better but what you're kind of doing is installing a surveillance device in your home basically um or however you want to word that but that's how they they make it so that you can go hey alexa because they need something constantly going to be able to catch that command, right? So that's personally why I'll never have an Alexa in my house, but that's that's kind of what we're talking about. Like things are listening even if you don't know that and what you're doing is you're paying for that, that price for convenience to get your Alexa being able to do whatever it is you want your Alexa to do. And some people are fine with that. That's personal opinion on whatever you like. I'm not trying to get into that. But now I'm gonna segue into the second part of what I wanted to talk about, which was um, part of the article is they didn't consider some of the personalization of the ads to actually be relevant to them. And I wanted us to talk very briefly, because this episode's gone super long, but I think it's been good discussion, about the importance of making sure that you have actually good, relevant, ad creative. We talked about this, um, I believe it was late last week, though it might have been earlier this week, about people not liking ads or there, there was something about, um, when we were talking about Facebook's earnings report, we were talking about, they were talking about switching to stories as an ad placement and building that because it's more relevant to people and people are using it more compared to the newsfeed. So I just wanted us to briefly talk about, and, and you guys can jump off from anywhere on this, the importance of creating very powerful and actually personalized creative and not just calling it personalized because clearly your user base is not finding it personalized. And maybe we talk about, I don't know, the importance of A-B testing. That example. was the first thing that was popping up in my head. Just Go for it, Josh. Yeah, I mean, Lead the way. Sure. I mean, it shows how important it is where we do it all the time in the agency where you know we come up with all this data and we figure out you know, through all of our researching and targeting and all that stuff, figuring out who our core audience is. But just because you have, you know, answers X, Y, and Z doesn't mean you can create something, throw it out there and it's gonna work. You need the ability to change things up slightly where it gets the same main message across, but it might hit certain points of your target audience where, you know, now you'll find out, okay, this, you know, X works, but not as well as Y works. And maybe you do Z and you thought Z was gonna be better than Y, but Z was better than than x you just you need to you need to play around you have to use your what you found personalized and create it in different ways so you you don't it's not it, it's not stale you need to change it up so it it helps your audience maybe convert but then also so you can see what works and what doesn't um, so yeah, that's... I think about the, I think maybe the question with the personalization of the data, I think it's because some people saying it's not relevant to them. You know, I think because the data is not going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, and I think that's probably why some of the stuff is, is coming out. And it's not really relevant to them. Like again, I mentioned on the Facebook thing, there's some stuff I follow on Facebook, but then I started getting hit Yes, last night I was on Facebook and I'm checking something out and then I noticed that I'm now getting hit if I'm looking to have a real estate broker coach. 
Like, so I'm a real estate broker and I'm a coach. Like, that has nothing to fucking do with what I do for a living in any way, shape, or form. So I think what it is is somewhere, somehow, I got caught up in a filter and dad is not necessarily there. You are right. An A-B test would play, would play that. But, I mean, for me, like I actually said, I'll actually say hide this ad. Because I don't want one ad showing me not doing anything, even looking at it for a minute. Because now I know more. 20 yeah. more are coming. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that the data is just not perfect. Um, but I will say this, even being an advertiser, I think that every ad platform should have an, a legitimate opt-out thing. And the opt-out should be like, no, I don't want to be targeted. No, like if you're in privacy mode on Google, you should be in privacy mode, but you're not. Everybody, that report came out a couple of weeks ago. I was somebody saying Google's got all that information. Like they, they never want, they're, they're harvesting it all. And, and I do think what's going to happen eventually is that a lot of these companies are going to be brought out in front of the government. And they're going to say, you know, it's, it's in, in our country, you should have the right to know where your data is. That's because if our data is making you money, if what I'm doing on a daily basis by watching the Phillies, then watching the news, then I go on Twitter, and then I go to bed at night, and you're making money off that, you should, t you should be able to tell me that. And I'm as an advertiser, I should know that. And I think it should be a level playing field that much like your credit score, there should be a data score where people, this is what they have on you. Are you okay with that? And I think that that's something that should be offered and it ends all the problems. And you know, once you have that, once you know that, at that point, I, I think you're comfortable in going online saying, okay. And then, like, if they have a data point on you that you want to dispute, dispute it. Lo, I don't, that's not something, I don't want that kind of stuff. It, this isn't a hard fucking solve, guys. I mean, it's kind of easy, but they're, they're not gonna do that. Well, and not making it completely hidden. I mean, I know I can I can go on Instagram right now and find exactly what Instagram thinks I like. That doesn't mean it's, well, I don't even care if it's inaccurate because I don't want to get advertised on Instagram. I'm going to inevitably. It's nature using the platform, right? But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, how did you get that information? Like, like how, how did you even devise that I might be interested in those things? And the answer is they use an algorithm, right? But I, I agree with you that that feature is hidden in like six menus. <laughs> so you have to go, okay, I know exactly how to get exactly to where I need to go. Um, so just some transparency would be nice, I think, perhaps. But it's, um, but it's now, it, it's reached a point where, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like we've almost got to the point where if I have all this data, it goes back to what you're saying about A-B testing and it goes directly back to what you're saying about creative. It's some advertisers are now jumping and going to the point of saying, doesn't make a difference, we got all the data, your, your creative could be anything, but we know what the person wants. That's not necessarily true. At the end of the day, if you're not telling a story to an individual, they're not gonna buy off you. Yeah. you know? And it doesn't matter like if you just have a white box saying, we know you wanna buy this. If that's not creative, that resonates, it's not gonna work. And, it, and I know data is king, but I was just saying to Anthony, you know, my, my business partner here, at the end of the day in advertising, creative will always trump the day. So long as the creative is on the platforms that we know the individuals in, and it's something that they're relevantly interested in. So we are at a really weird point in advertising where it's like creative and data are looking at each other. They don't like each other, you know, and it's got to the point where what agencies are, what they're valuing higher. I think if you value creative way higher than data, you're making a mistake. So it's gotta be an equal valuation A-B test, figure out stuff, and then eventually build your audience. But we could go on forever about this. Yeah, we this, really could. You know. well, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we, we, we went a couple of different roadways today, but I think it was all, all good discussion. That's all for today's episode of The Buyer's Journey. Check us out on Comexus.com, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Buyer's underscore Journey. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.